Oh my god, have you heard the new episode? Did y'all know there's a new episode? There's a new episode? Sorry, I can't hang. There's a new episode. Have you guys heard the new episode? Wait, did you guys hear the new episode yet? Episode. Guys, there's a new episode. There's a new episode? Oh my god, there's a new guys, episode. Guys, there's a new episode. Sorry, I can't. Y'all know there's a new episode. Have you heard the new episode? It's episode two. Welcome. As always, sit down, relax, kick your feet up, pop a popcorn, pop a cola, um, pop a fresca, pop a LaCroix. Because today we're talking about Greta Greta Gerwig, Gerwig. the one and only. The God. Yes. Cue Ariana Grande's God is a woman. (laughs) So let's talk about Greta Gerwig. Yeah. We? Yeah. So, Anna, I have a question for you. Yes. Where is Greta Gerwig from? Um, she is from Sacramento, California. Oh, and that's really interesting because you know what else is set in Sacramento, California? What? Ella. Lady Bird. Oh, shoot. Which was her debut film, debut directing film. In 2017. In 2017. That, that was an absolutely incredible film that I would say is the reason that I want to make movies today. Mm-hmm. The I remember watching Lady Bird after dance on my couch with my parents because they were like, Ella, you have to watch this movie. And I just watched it, and truly it changed my life. So they saw it before you? Mm-hmm. I think my parents saw it in theaters, and then I saw yeah. it in my living room. And how old were we in 2017? We were in seventh grade. So we were about 12. <laughs> oh, that makes me sick. Yeah. No. <laughs> yeah. Oh, I... No. Eighth grade. Well, with our year, you know what grade we were in by the last digit of the year. So in 2017, we were in seventh grade. 2018, we were in eighth grade. But, like, also... But I started... We're in school for half of one year and half of another year. Mm. Regardless, we were in middle school. Yeah. Which, yeah. Yeah, I don't think I watched Lady Bird until a few years later. Mm-hmm. Maybe 2019. Fair. Freshman year. Freshman year. Yeah, I think I... I think like That's I, a transformative time to watch Lady Bird. Yeah, <laughs> I think I might have been a little too immature mm, for it for it to well, sink there is in. there's so much going on in Lady Bird. Because yeah. at the end of the day, I could talk about Lady Bird all day, mm-hmm. but at the end of the day, Lady Bird is a film about how you're, as much as you hate your roots and where you come from, it's so a part of you, right? Yes. So, and it's the same experience for her and her mom, who mm-hmm. clash and like they have all this conflict, but at at the heart of themselves, they're one and the same. Like, yeah. There are these people that really resent where they're from and like where they're living. And but at the end, when she says she calls her parents and she's like, and she calls herself Christine, it's like the whole thing is, gosh, Greta Gerwig is such a brilliant writer. She Jesus is. Christ. My favorite part of Lady Bird is when so Lady Bird walks in on Danny kissing a guy, and mm-hmm. she and her best friend 
go in their car and they like lean the seats all the way back and they cry yeah. to crash into me by Dave Matthews band. Yeah. And then when she's in the car going to prom with Timothy Chalamet, Kyle, that song plays on the radio and she's like, Oh, I love this song and they're all like, I literally hate this song, like this song sucks and she thinks of her best friend and she's like mm-hmm. actually I do want to go to prom. Like drop me off. I don't want to be with you. Like I want to be with my best friend. And it's like that that how how can that song represent like who she is, like her best friend? And it's so in high school there's such this feeling that you have to be friends with people that are cool. And that's represented so well in Ladybird. And honestly, I haven't felt like I don't need to be friends with cool people until very recently. Like, yeah, I would say about senior year of high school is when I I think I really realized that like nothing of that sort really matters. Yeah. Honestly, I think it started senior year, but I haven't felt completely like over that until like this year, like now. Mhm. Um because it's so like ingrained in you and it's so I mean, from, like, middle school, even fourth grade. When I was in fourth grade, everyone, I had, like, five boyfriends, and, like... Word. <laughs> it was ridiculous, and <laughs> uh, I used to text them on my iPad mini, and then my dad found out, and I got in a lot of trouble, and oh. it was, like, a whole ordeal. Um, if any of my ex-boyfriends from fourth grade are listening to the oh podcast right now, hi. <laughs> Hope you're doing well. <laughs> but, um... Yeah, so Lady Bird, absolutely an incredible movie. And what what an amazing freshman film, like you know? Yeah, yeah. And back to that like the like hating where you're from, but mm-hmm. like it is like truly your roots and mm-hmm. everything. I think that that's so relatable. I mean, I come like originally, like my hometown, hometown is uh Martinsville, Virginia. Mm-hmm. And I would say like that there's like a little belt of Virginia that I'm, I would say, like, I'm from mm-hmm. in Stewart, Virginia, Danville, Virginia, and Martinsville. Um, and specifically talking about Stewart, if you don't know what Stewart is, it's this, like, mountain town um, in, like, the bottom belt of Virginia. And I, I, I have such, like, I have such dear love for it, Mm -hmm. but every time I drive up there, I do see, like, the Mm anti-abortion signs, and I see the Confederate flags, and the, all this, like, terrible, terrible things, and it's so hard when, like, you love a place so much, but you do know that, like, some of the people there Mm -hmm. would, like, would outcast you. Yeah. But, like, that place feels like a part of my home. So, like, to, like, yeah. it's so... And it made you who you are. Exactly. Like... Every time I go up there, I feel like I found another piece of myself. Yeah. Like, and so it, it is, like, it's... Greta Gerwig has written a story so beautifully. Yeah. Where, like, you can hate where you're from. Right you will find the beauty no matter mm-hmm. what especially especially as you mature yeah it's literally that scene when she's driving through sacramento for the first time yes and she's like wow do like, you remember the first time you <laughs> drove through sacramento to sacramento to her mom like yeah 
And that's how like, I feel. She's like confused of how beautiful it is. And yeah. Stuff. Wow. Yeah. No, it's it's really incredible. Um, but before Lady Bird, um, Greta Gerwig had an acting career. Yeah. Which I assume is what makes her such a brilliant director. I would. I think that the best directors are actors themselves because they know what it feels like to right. be on the other side of the camera, to be up on that stage, yeah, and to not when these like when other directors who have just no experience in acting are like okay film bros yeah <laughs> who don't care about their actors yeah. and they're they say absolutely bizarre things or they demand bizarre things from the actors mm-hmm. like and you're an actor trying to figure out those commands yeah it's like it 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 means nothing to you like the words mean nothing right. to you yeah and so for her to like have that career beforehand I do think that like yeah. that must be like oh for sure what makes her just absolutely yeah. incredible I mean and she's also a brilliant writer because mm-hmm. I mean she started she was in Frances Ha mm-hmm. um, which she she wrote most of it she wrote it with Noah Baumbach but it started from her I believe it started from her writing a bunch of like scenes and then he kind of put it together into a movie mm-hmm. um, and then she starred in it and she was Amazing. Have you Phenomenal. seen Frances Ha? Mm-hmm. Amazing. She's that's that one monologue where she's like, it's that thing. It's that yes. thing. <laughs> oh. Look across the room and yes, it's it's so good. And then she was in Mistress America. Have you seen Mistress America? I have not seen Mistress America. So I watched Mistress America for the first time this summer break, um, and I was absolutely blown away. She, she, she's the lead of it, but she also wrote it. I think she wrote the whole thing. I don't think she, like, co-wrote it with Noah Baumbach. Um, mm-hmm. But the writing, the thing about Greta Gerwig's writing is it's so real and it's so fast and it's, like, so, yes. so, like, it just flows. It's moment to moment, like, which is what it's supposed to be. It, like, feels like you're, like, looking at a piece of life in mm-hmm. front of you, which is what Greta Gerwig does so well, um, which is the whole mumblecore. Yeah. Um, for... A, def- a definition of mumblecore. Um, it is it, it is the, the genre of film where everything is very lifelike and realistic, and it might not be very exciting, mm-hmm. but it's life. Mm-hmm. So mumblecore, if you like, take the word mumble, it's it's that monotony mm-hmm. of life, right? Which is, like, what Greta Gerwig is, like, known for. That's, like, her genre. Yeah. Until Barbie. But we'll get into yes. that later. Until Barbie. Um, so, yeah. So, she acted for a while. And then she decided... She, I, I've always watched this interview of her saying that at some point she was, like, it's time. It's time to start directing. It's... I just... You have to push yourself all the way. Throw yourself into the deep end. Because if not, I'm never going to do it. Which mm-hmm. I find... She's so motivating yeah like, she, she makes is. me want to make all the movies in my head like mm-hmm. which is amazing um <clears throat> so after La- she directed Lady Bird she directed Little Woman mm-hmm. in 2019 yes 2019 20- yeah because it was right when uh it was Christmas Eve or Christmas came Day. out yeah c- came out um Christmas time 2019 yeah which was an absolute gift from her. Really, I was so excited about it. I <laughs> Me took my too. whole family out to go see it. Yep. It was, like, amazing. And 
One of my favorite things about my experience with going to see Little Women is that my cousin, uh, we're like the same age, we're like a few months apart, mm -hmm. but he's very like boy, like he's very, like he had all the Nerf guns growing up, yeah. and he like, yeah. whatever, he loves like race cars, mm -hmm. um, and he saw Little Women with me, and he loved it, and mm. it made me so happy to see a man enjoying a female, like, narrative like yeah. that, yeah. it just made me... I like almost cried. I was like, yeah, wow. like you see me like you see me now. Yeah. Every time I watched Little Women, I saw. Yeah, me too. Uncontrollably. <laughs> yeah. No matter what. I think. I mean, talking about like my own experience seeing it in theater for the first time, like it's so ingrained in my head sitting in a in a little like local theater mm -hmm. in Myrtle Beach. Yeah. Like. With with my friend and my mother watching that yeah i mean it it was crying my eyes out yeah. finding like little like being able to relate to seriously every, every single person in that movie yeah. that is the beauty of her writing yeah because there is no like you well there's like the whole you know people want to be a part of groups order makes people feel good and satisfied mm -hmm. so there is all there's always going to be like well what character are you are you an amy right. are you a meg are you a beth or yeah. are you a joe that which is totally valid yeah that's the that's human nature to right. want order and to want yes. to group yourselves mm -hmm. um that's our objective yeah but you can't deny that like there is a part of every girl and even a part of Lori yeah. in you. Yeah. Because her writing is so beautiful and these characters are so versatile mm -hmm. while also being their own complete beings. Yeah. My favorite thing about the difference between Greta Gerwig's Little Women and the Little Women's before it is, mm -hmm. is her portrayal of Amy. Because yes. Amy, and she always, I, she, I've heard her talk about this, she's al she's always says that Amy was... A villain like Amy was the bad guy mm -hmm. but at the end of the day she's not she's a good person who yeah who's ambitious and wants what she wants and there's yes. nothing wrong with that and I mean yeah she like lights her sister's book on fire also she was 12 right, right. <laughs> she's 12 like and Flores all of those actresses and actors are just so incredible. What a cast. Talk mm -hmm. about a cast. Jeez. Yes. Meryl Streep. They got Meryl Streep That is, there. like, that is, the cast of that film is so bonkers. It's Laura Dern and uh -huh. Meryl Streep are in that yeah. freaking movie. Yeah. Are you kidding me? I know. Um, And I do, I really do love the casting that they, of, because it is such a big time jump in the film. Yeah, yeah. I do love that they kept the actors like me too, which just a lot the of people, people have a problem with. A lot of people don't like that they didn't have like kids and then them. Yeah, but I think it makes for such a better story. You're so much more attached. To exactly. Them. You. It's. It even. It makes the development of the characters even more prominent and beautiful. Mm -hmm. Um. Because if, I think it, 
it makes you think about it a lot more. Yeah. Because if you see a 12-year-old and then you see Florence Pugh, that's a different person, so obviously she's going to be different. Right. But, like, you keep... if you, mm-hmm. Florence Pugh playing both the 12-year-old version of Amy and the 20-year-old, I believe, mm-hmm. um, it, makes you, it makes you think about her development yeah. and connect more with her. And it makes you realize that, like, all of us have been little kids. Yes. Like, we all have. And, like, that is still a part of all of us. Yes. Like, I still am the Ella Warren who was running around, like, when she was 12. Like, I'm the mm-hmm. same person. Mm-hmm. Which I think, you're right, like, you don't get that a lot in film. Which is why I think Greta Gerwig did that and it, it worked perfectly. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I think we talked in the last podcast about the the boys versus the girls in Little Women. Yes. And how the boys are just as important. Yes. To the story. Yes, yes, yes. Um, they, 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 they are designed in a way where, yes, they are there to feed into the wildness of the girls. They're right. there to, like, present a juxtaposition between mm-hmm. the two groups. Yeah. But they're still their own characters, and they yeah. still have their own thoughts and ideas and you get to see that Mm -hmm. and i'm thinking a a lot about john Uh uh-huh meg's husband yeah um because he's not a very huge role yeah can be overlooked absolutely featured character but he's not a huge role and you typically don't think about him when you first think about the film where you think about all the sisters and laurie right but to focus on john for just a second like there is a there is a portion of the movie where um uh mr march mm-hmm. has written to the family that he needs help or something and so meg and 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 marmy mm-hmm. or excuse me marmy is going off right. to see him yeah or to help or something yeah yeah and John comes in and helps. Yeah. And there's a moment between Meg and John where she kisses him on the cheek and she says, thank you. And the camera just, as she walks away, the camera pans back to him. And you see that, like, that, like, moment of this, like, I'm so in love with her. So you do get, like, the thoughts and ideas of the male characters about, um, what's, uh, Lori's grandfather. Uh huh. When Beth is sitting in the room oh. and playing the piano, mm-hmm. and he's sitting on the stairs and crying. Yeah. Like you, the male characters are so important in the movie, mm-hmm. and they're designed perfectly. Yeah. Because they still feel human. They're not there just to support. Yeah. They're not. The are. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Um. They're not there just to support right. our female leads, but they're also like. You get those tender moments of like tender masculinity with them, yeah. and it's really beautiful how she it does really that. It's beautiful. The whole film, I mean, I mean, and it's filmed beautifully. Yes. It's it's like stunning. Mm-hmm. And like the difference between like when they're older and the coldness of the colors, and mm-hmm. they're younger and the warmness. Yes. Is so real. Like that's real. Yes. <laughs> Everything gets a little duller. Like literally, <laughs> I see color differently. From mm-hmm. when I was like five. Yes. Which is really upsetting. <laughs> yeah. But the costume design with like costume. how like 
that reflects in the characters' mm-hmm. costumes. Yeah. That's really the smart. The costume design is all, all of that costume is so, and I love how, I think we talked about this last week too, how Joe and Lori like switch yes. costumes. They switch costume pieces. Specifically, mm-hmm. like, I think the most like obvious one is the vest. Yeah, yeah, yeah the vest. Yeah. They switch the vest between the characters because they're each other's equals. Yeah. They're, uh, Greta Gerwig has talked about how they're the androgynous versions of themselves. I was gonna say, and the fact that Joe is a stereotypically masculine name and Lori is a feminine yes. name. Like, that's, and that's beautiful. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and I love that. <laughs> It's so, so smart. It is. Let that sink in. Yeah. <laughs> like, truly, like, just the, 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 the intelligence to represent these two characters, Laurie and Joe, who I think they want what each other has. Yeah. Laurie wants that companionship in the community of sisterhood. Yeah. While Joe wants the adventure mm-hmm. and privilege of Lori's masculine life. Yeah. And, yeah. and rich life. Yeah. Because he's filthy rich. Right. Um, I mean, you see that when she comes into his, into, his, into his grandfather's home and, like, she's looking at the wonder and all the books and yeah. all this. Excuse me. And then when Meg hurts her ankle and... Laurie and Joe escort her back to yeah. the March house. And he and the, just... The dance scene, by the way. Mm-hmm. The dance scene when they're dancing through the windows of the... Yes. Oh, uh, that's my favorite scene in the whole movie. I love when yes. they're dancing and then they, like, get all, like, straight up when they pass the windows and then they, like, dance. Yes, yes. It's so cute. It, it's, it's so beautiful how she writes characters to be this this it's like a world is yeah. inside the character and talking about like mumblecore i mean i just saw her talking about well florence Pugh was talking about how little women was written and it was like five lines on top of each other yes so the rehearsals were like so intense because they had to learn the person that's saying the same line as them at the same or uh, the person that's saying a line at the same time as them the person yes. who's saying it before them the two people that are saying it before them and it was like which is so real life. Like, if mm-hmm. you sit in a room with us and our girlfriends, we're all talking over each other and we're all listening to each other, but we yeah. all have 25,000 things to say. There are three different conversations going yeah. on and we're somehow all conversing yeah, in each other's exactly. like, <laughs> Which, it's, it's amazing. And if, and for anyone who's listening and is interested in that, please check out Carol, Carol Churchill, Top Girls. Top it, Girls. It is written in the same exact way I, I did Top Girls when I was in high school. I played Marlene, and it is, it is, a rough script to learn. Mm-hmm. But like that, that product, that yeah. real life product, yeah. is what counts. Yeah. I wonder if, well, Greta Gerwig was a English major at mm-hmm. Barnard. Mm-hmm. I was just wondering if, do you think Greta Gerwig's read that play? She must have. Oh, she would I, love that play. Absolutely, she must have read that play. I mean, I did um, Cloud Nine in high school, mm-hmm. which was another Carol Churchill play, and it's this play where it's like wild. It's like it starts in like like eighteenth century England, mm-hmm. and then it's like nineteen eighties England. The next act, 
but it's the same characters, just, like, older, but they, like, jumped, like, a whole yeah. time period. Yeah, yeah. Um, and then it's, like, like, I played this girl who had this husband and a son, but she was really interested in this other woman, like, her mm-hmm. friend, and, and then, and then she ends up having an orgy with her friend and her brother. It's insane. Oh, my goodness. But it's so good. It's all about how, like, we have all these rules in life that, like, really don't matter and don't mean anything, and, like, like, it's a lot about, like, being gay and, like, yeah, and sexuality. Yeah. There's this whole scene where, um, this really old woman talks about the first time she masturbates, um, mm-hmm. as, like, an older woman. Yeah. And, like, the experience of that, and, like, oh, anyway, that's a, that's a different topic, but... Yeah. But I think she, uh, Greta Gerwig has a lot of similarities to Kara Churchill. Um, but what's crazy is that Greta Gerwig's most recent film, aka Barbie, mm-hmm. is so different from all of her other stuff. Hugely different. Which I believe is the most brilliant choice she has ever made in her life because she made a blockbuster. Yeah. She did, she, she's been making her indie films, but she decided this is going to be a blockbuster. Yes. And this is going to be seen by basically the whole world. I mean, Barbie was, like, a phenomenon. Yes. It, I don't really know many people who haven't seen it. It, like, took over the culture. Yeah. It was complete, and I can't wait until I'm, like, 30 and telling my kids about Barbie. Yes, and I'm like, yes. Yeah, it was real. I went, Here's my shirt from, yeah, the, like... We'll be right back after a short break. And we're back. Um, so we did a little bit more research over the break. Um, and both Little Women and Lady Bird received Oscar nominations. Of, and plus many others. Um, notably, Oscar nominations. And it's crazy, her first her freshman film right she is nominated for best director yeah that is absolutely insane yeah good for her (laughs) go queen (laughs) yes um and so her her, excuse me her nomination for best director in 2018 for lady bird she was the first woman in eight years to have to, to have been nominated in that category, and notably one of only five women to be nominated for best director. You hear that number? <coughs> five. That's one, one hand. In five. Yeah, just one hand over. What is it? We've got. I think we're on our ninety fifth Academy Awards now. Ninety five years. And there have been only five women nominated. And when she was nominated in 2018, she was the first woman since 2010. That's insane. That's nearly a decade. And rightly so. And rightly so that she was nominated. Yeah. Not that 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 women aren't being nominated. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Which is just incredibly disappointing and frustrating. So disappointing. But, on a lighter note, let's switch over to Barbie. To Barbie, which is now the highest grossing 
Warner Bros. film? Let's fact check that. It surpassed The Dark Knight. It did surpass The Dark Knight, which is... Crazy accomplishment. Isn't Dark Knight directed by Christopher Nolan? Yes. The fact that Barbie and Oppenheimer, directed by Christopher Nolan, came out on the same day... Excuse the ice maker. The fact that Barbie and... Oppenheimer came out on the second same day and Barbie surpasses a Christopher Nolan yeah. film. That's really insane. So it was it made more than 1.38 billion dollars worldwide and it became the highest grossing film in Warner Bros of 100 years of history of Warner Bros. Just absolutely crazy. And it's the highest grossing film ever from a female film <coughs> filmmaker. Good for her. Yeah. And it was the largest worldwide film release of 2023. Obviously, so, because it was... Barbie, and... It took over the world. Literally. It really did. Like, it, it couldn't... It, I, like, it almost, like, controlled yeah. society and for a second. And it brought the sisterhood that she brings to every one of her movies into the real world. Yes. Right? Like, yes. I see all these things with these girls going into the bathroom being like, Hey, Barbie. And it's yes. like, yes, that's exactly what we need. <laughs> I had that experience where I posted a TikTok after seeing Barbie, where I, like I was just walking in the woods and I filmed the trees and like yeah, I was yeah. just like having like a contemplative like yeah, come to Jesus with myself <laughs> and a, I see uh, the Lord. Yeah. <laughs> um, and a and a person I don't know commented on my TikTok saying, "Me too, Barbie." Oh. Yeah, so like that's precious. It's it's truly like it is like in the real world now of yeah. like that sisterhood, and I think that the film with I would say people who like didn't really understand it mm-hmm. or like give it a chance very much. Yeah. There was this whole thing of like, well, it's a kids film, so why are you going to see it? No, it's a film literally for generations. Yes. Yes. I mean, like, think about how much, like, you played with Barbies when you were little. And you may not have played with them a lot, but, like, you can't say that that they weren't a part, a part of, of your childhood. Yeah. Like, you went to the store and you saw the commercials and you yeah. saw the catalogs at Christmas time with yeah. Barbies and Barbie dream houses, cars, Kens. Right. It, it, it was a cultural phenomena phenomenon yes and though i think it is dying a little bit with this new generation and i'm not saying it's completely it's a it's completely dead but i think like how big it was for yeah gen z Mm -hmm. i i think i think it's diminishing a little bit right I think that she makes the point in the film, the two factors of Barbie is that one, she made these unrealistic standards for women, mm-hmm. Barbie, and you see that through the eyes of Sasha, who's 13, mm-hmm. and is like in this world of cancel culture, and is yes. in this world of of like making sure everything is aligning with like our views but then it's the other part of barbie that's it was the first barbie it was the first doll that wasn't 
a baby because it, yeah. it was the first doll that wasn't telling women you have to be a mother. Yes, it, it was a doll who had ambition, who had a hu- over a hundred jobs. Yeah. Like, I, I, and me personally, like my experience with Barbie, when I was younger, I did have, when I was younger, of course, I played and loved Barbie. Yeah. Um, played with and loved Barbie. And when I got to that like 13 year old age, it, Barbie became this like, she was this unrealistic standard and mm-hmm. she, she was superficial. Yeah. And, and you know what's funny is that Sasha and her friends all represent Bratz dolls. Yes. Which is super cool. So cool. Um, but the fact is that like that, that, that standard or thought of Barbie, of her being the superficial, unrealistic beauty doll, mm-hmm. yeah, that wasn't on my mind when I was a kid playing with Barbie. Right, exactly. So it is, it is put onto her. Yeah, that is not yeah. what she is meant to represent. Yeah, that was a label and, put onto her. And it was a label, and and she makes that point with Mattel and the Mattel headquarters being all men, mm-hmm. and it was like. Versus the woman who made it, who made the actual doll, and like the juxtaposition of that is crazy. It's like the the company versus the creative, right? Yes. Like, but I think at the end of the day, Barbie, Barbie isn't just a movie about a doll turning into a human. It's really a movie about a girl turning into a woman. Yeah. It it really shows, and and when she says. Now feel, right? That mm-hmm. that end when she says, "Take my hands and feel," and that montage of all those women. It's yes. like, it's like I really feel. Me when I cry, yeah. I really feel like there is a point in every girl's life where you realize. Okay, girlhood is over. But on to womanhood, mm-hmm. and it's going to be beautiful. And I have girlhood behind me. Mm-hmm. backing me up mm-hmm. and we all experienced it and we're gonna do it together and we're gonna become a woman and it's like I I feel like I experienced that I experienced that shift and it's like I can almost tell you like the definitive moment when I realized not not when I became a woman but when I realized I was becoming a woman yeah which is like a lot and the the fact that she got that into a movie about a doll is just like yeah brilliant yeah i think like this year i turned 20 mm-hmm. and for this movie to come out during the summer and my birthday is in the summer to see this movie and and to and to have that realization and to sit there and and look at my childhood on the screen yeah and see like toys I actually played with, yeah. like the dog that like pooped, <laughs> that 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 Labrador that pooped. I I like I gasped in the theater because it was a part of my childhood that I completely forgot. Yeah, I forgot about that dog, and to see it like there, yeah, it's like oh my gosh, like yeah, it I it sounds stupid, but it struck like a true chord in me, like it pulled a heartstring. Because yeah. there it was. Like, that's my childhood on the screen. And there it goes. 
And I feel even like with the Kens, um, when I was watching that part when she says, like, who, you can be just Ken. Mm-hmm. Like maybe you're not your, your jacket or your whatever. Mm-hmm. And she's like, just be Ken. And she kind of has this realization that she can just be Barbie. But she's not an accessory of him, and he's not an accessory of her. I think was is such a pivotal point in every girl's growing up. I feel like when you realize, I mean, for me, I had a boyfriend who was two and a half years older than me. Like, I was, it, it, it when you're a teenage girl, it kind of becomes like super consuming of like, you have to be cool, you have to get the boyfriend. I mean, which is like super cliche, and like that's mm-hmm. not really how every. That sounds like a teen movie. Yes, but when you grow up on those movies, yeah, that exactly. becomes your life. That be- exactly. And so watching that and like remembering what it felt like to be an accessory of a boy mm-hmm. was like, what? Like that's part of the the girlhood to womanhood is mm-hmm. like I am my own person and I am completely capable, and it's like. Yeah, and I think it goes back to that conversation of how Greta Gerwig writes men. Yeah. To where Ken does play a villain in this story, Mm -hmm. but he does get that that arc and that realization and that message towards men. Yeah. Where your personality and your soul does not uh rely on yeah. your masculinity yeah in the fact that like do you have a hot girlfriend yeah do you have a hot bod yeah do you have uh, a hot car <laughs> do you have a hot car do, do you have a house <laughs> yeah are you friends with a bunch of boys yeah. like do you have that like bro yeah. like code and all that stuff like <laughs> When she tells Ken, like, maybe you don't have to, like, need all of these things. Maybe it's time for you to discover what you are Mm -hmm. without them. Yeah. That is, I think that that totally got just bulldozed over. Yes, I agree. By the media. It, it, this is a movie, not just for women. Yes, it might be targeted more towards women, mm-hmm. but this is a movie for men just as much. Because yeah. it, it's... It, sure, yes, Ken is the villain in this movie. Yeah. But he doesn't stay the villain. Yeah. I never... I never... Watching the movie, I honestly never disliked Ken. Yeah. Because I knew that, like, that isn't him. Yeah. That is that's that is the patriarchy. Yes, that's the patriarchy infesting his mind. Yeah, exactly. So I so it, it it's it's a message that like deep down you are not that kind of man that yeah. like that that lets the sexualizes women sexualizes women lets the patriarchy guide them when yeah. wherever right. it wants to go. Mm-hmm. If you would give yourself the chance to forget it and try to find like what you enjoy doing yeah like have the journey by yourself yeah you will find that 
you you were a better person than that. You were a full-fledged human being without yes. the patriarchy. Yes. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Um but what this I think that it adds another layer onto like Greta Gerwig and Barbie. Greta Gerwig's a mother. Yeah. And she made And there's Barbie. such a mother-daughter relationship in all of her movies in all of her movies and i think like it manifests itself in so many ways in barbie mm-hmm. with like ruth the creator of right of barbie, barbie and barbie as like the daughter yeah and then you have um america ferrera yeah and, and sasha and sasha that that motherhood that is represented in that movie yeah is so beautiful especially with America Ferreira's character still holding on to her girlhood. Yes. Yeah. Still playing with the Barbie, still imagining up mm-hmm. um, costumes yeah, and clothes yeah. for the Barbie. What's interesting is that, do we know when Greta Gerwig had her first child? First child was in 2019 when she moved with Wayne. So that's so interesting that yeah. Lady Bird, she wasn't a mom. Yeah. And then barbie she was a mom because they're both relationships about mother and daughter relationships but they're so they're i mean they're not different they're saying the same thing in different ways but Mm -hmm. the take on it is you can tell that she's a mother now yes with how she portrays the mother and lady bird yeah um and i don't think that she particularly villainizes the mother right but, but she is from, harsher from the point of view of christine and yes. Bird, th- the mother is the villain yes like at the end of the day but what lady bird does so brilliantly is looks at all of those flaws that the mother has and all of the flaws that lady bird has and how similar they are mm-hmm. and how wonderful they both are still mm-hmm. my, I, my least favorite thing is when people watch movies and they say well but like, she wasn't a good person, or like the the mom wasn't a good person. Like I didn't, I hated the mom. Well, take a look around the world. You don't like it. Like like why? Like it's real life. Like Greta yeah. Gerwig is representing real life, which is what makes her so brilliant. Yes. And it frustrates me that like people don't see that. Mm-hmm. Um, she, she in Lady Bird, she's writing from the point of view. Of the daughter and, and Barbie, yeah. she's writing yeah. from her new point of view as a mother. As a mother, yeah. I think that like, I mean, I'm not her, so I don't know, but there could be like a piece of her in Ferrera's character. Yeah, for sure, absolutely. And and to see the gentleness that she handled that yeah. she handles her character with, mm-hmm. compared to Christine's mother and Lady. Yeah. There's there's such a difference. Yeah. And I think it's so beautiful to see that like growth. Yeah. Um and she had another kid this year in February. Mm-hmm. I just I think it's such a beautiful her her life story and her it's work told is through her all her films. Yes. Yeah. You see what where she is at with herself yeah. and yeah. her family through her films. Yeah. Which is so beautiful. Mm-hmm. I always, um, you gotta watch Mrs. America because literally when I watched it, I was like, 
This is just a sequel to Lady Bird. It takes yeah. place in New York. She's, like, studying at Columbia, and she's, like, just trying to figure out life in New York mm-hmm. as a young person, and it's, like, yeah, that's so true. Every every movie she makes is Greta Gerwig at a different point in her life. Yes. Which is beautiful. Another Another thing about her directing style is that she will typically wear, like, yes. the period mm-hmm. or, like, a reflection of her actor's costumes. Yes. Like, during the prom in Lady Bird, she wore a prom dress. Yes. Yeah. It, it, it's that it puts her, it almost puts her on, like, the same level as the actors. Yeah, 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 yeah. It's, like, it's a, I think, like, that directing style, it's just all about reassurance that, like, I am here for you. Yeah. I am working on this, too. We are in this together. Yeah. We are equals. I do not see you as lesser than me. I appreciate you, and I yeah. hold you, like, not up on a pedestal, but, like, I'm holding you with me. Like, yeah. I'm taking your hand. Like, I got this. your back. Yeah. I'm going to fight for you. Yeah. I saw this, this clip <clears throat> where Greta Gerwig was talking about Saoirse Ronan in, in Little Women. Mm-hmm. And they were, they were just doing kind of like a long take and Saoirse Ronan was just sitting in this chair and she kind of like adjusts herself and and they all cut and they finished and Greta was like wow, like that was amazing and and Saoirse went up to her and she was like I know like I found her like I found I found Joe just oh like gosh. beautiful and they both knew they both knew in that little moment she didn't say anything she's like the way she adjusted her body they both knew that she had found Joe, mm-hmm. which is just like breathtaking. Yeah. Like that gives you chills yeah, just here, right? It really does. And another sh- thing she does is she has all of her crew members, including her, wear name name tags. tags. Yeah, yeah. The respect. Yes. My thing. Um, I saw a lot of people talking about Barbie and saying that it was like not nuanced and it was just such like a white woman take. And here's my thing that I have to say about that. If Greta Gerwig, I mean, Greta Gerwig included every race under the sun in that Mm -hmm. movie because Barbie is supposed to be for everybody. Yes. Now, obviously, it is a very, like, white, and also the America Ferrer is not white, but Mm -hmm. it is a very, like, white take. But the thing is, is that Greta Gerwig is a white woman. Yeah. If she tried to make a movie from a black woman's perspective... She would be canceled because she's trying to tell a narrative that's not yeah. that she ha- that she knows nothing about. Yeah. So I just feel, and it's this thing that like, and it's exactly the America Ferrera monologue in Barbie, where it's like, mm-hmm. you can't do this or you can't do this because women have this this expectation on themselves, and mm-hmm. you literally will never do an- anything right because you're always going to be criticized for something. And it's like, yes. it, that's so seen in the fact that people are mad that Greta Gerwig made a white-centered film. even though she, And it's not white-centered at no, all. No, I don't think so either. Yeah, right? Like, it's just, she is a white woman. <laughs> she, can't, she can't create a narrative that's not from that place because it comes from her. I, th- I mean, the, the biggest thing you hear about, like, writing something is write what you know. Right, exactly. And I'm fully aware that we are two white women, woman, women, yeah, like, two white little women <laughs> talking uh-huh. about this. Yeah. But I just feel like, and it's true, like, absolutely we need more 
black woman narratives in film. Like, absolutely. absolutely. need more. But, like, this wasn't the place for that because Greta Gerwig doesn't have the right to tell that story. No. And she knew that, and she didn't. Mm-hmm. But I think that But she, she tried her best to include... Include, right. ...everybody. Yeah. And I will say, like, Barbie, as in, like, the Mattel brand, mm-hmm. has only just now begun truly diversifying... Mm-hmm. I think that's a word. Yeah. Diversifying their brand. Yeah. Disappointing. And For sure. absolutely, like, nothing to really applaud. Yeah. Yeah. So, th- I just to put that out there. Yeah. Mm. But the thing is, Greta Gerwig really isn't endorsing no. Mattel. She's endorsing... If anything, she kind of makes fun of them. She does. She literally does. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but... Yeah, I think Barbie is an incredibly well-rounded movie and makes all the points it tries to make. Yes, and I think it's a movie that'll that will live on. Oh, for years, and it's it's gonna be a classic. Yes, like, it's gonna be one of those movies that you just have on your uh, you have a DVD of it on your in in the drawer of your TV yes. stand. Like it's gonna be there in everybody's house. Mm-hmm. At least I hope. I hope people feel as strongly about this movie as, as, as we yeah. do. Yeah. Um, but, yeah. And what's also interesting is that one of the main takeaways from Barbie was Ryan Gosling better be nominated for an Oscar. Oh, I didn't even hear that. Oh, that's like half the letterbox reviews. Like, one of my friends posted that Ryan Gosling, like, deserves an Oscar for that. Which, sure, absolutely. But that can't be your main takeaway from the movie. No. Being the male actor in such a... You know what that reminds me of? And this is totally not the same situation. <laughs> this is totally not the same situation. And in no way am I comparing, but it does remind me. <laughs> so this movie is about, I would say, like... At the core, it certainly is about feminism. It yes. certainly is about girl hood, even though it does have that side bit of like yeah. toxic masculinity. Yes. Um. It it for that everyone talking about like Ryan Gosling's performance and how he should be nominated for Oscar. It does remind me of there's a movie called Black Klansman. Yeah. Yeah. Spike Lee. Absolutely spectacular movie. If you have not seen it, what are you doing with your life? <laughs> Holy Do you know cr- that I saw Spike Lee IRL? I'm... Hi. Yeah. I was in New York, and there was... Um, he was doing, like, a screening of this show that he did. It was about COVID and 9-11 and, like, New York. Yeah. And he was at the screening, and he, like, introduced it. It was so cool. And it was, like, in, like, a park in New York, like, right on the river. And I could, like, see the skyline yeah. behind me and the giant movie screen That's in front so of me. so cool. It was amazing. Y'all, we, we'll, we will do a separate episode on Spike Lee. Oh, but, like, sure. please go check out his movies, especially Black Klansman. Yeah. I, I, it's a truly phenomenal film. Yeah. Um, but of the people yeah. in that movie particularly John David Washington, who plays the main character, yeah, who gives an absolutely spe- spectacular performance. Yeah. Adam Driver... Yeah, I knew you were going to say that. ...is nominated yeah. for Best Supporting Actor. Yeah. A movie about racism, yeah. about the Ku Klux Klan, 
It is very similar. But the this. one guy that yeah. is white is nominated for Best Supporting Actor. It that's just like it's I yeah. it's totally different issues, but that but honestly like, it proves the point of the movies. Yeah, it, it absolutely it's like it's like, oh, this is exactly what I'm talking about when I wrote this movie. Like you just proved my point. Like exactly. thank you. Like Jesus Christ. It's just wrong. You guys. <laughs> I really like I hope nothing more. I hope that the Academy takes Barbie seriously. Yes. And sees it and really like appreciates it. I'm hoping that this like this robust review and and love of it kind of proves like it set, yeah. it, 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 it it ignites something in the academy that's like oh like yeah i hope so maybe this is something a little bit more my worry is that like like with harry potter mm-hmm. harry potter was never even considered for because it was a kids movie yeah you know what i mean like even though like i genuinely feel like harry potter should have been at least nominated. At least I mean, have you seen the third one? Yeah, the third one or Goblet of Fire. I mean, mm-hmm. the last one. Mm-hmm. I mean, they're they're breathtaking. They're mm-hmm. beautiful. Everything about them is. We got to do a whole episode on Harry Potter. Yes, we will. Um, but they the Academy never even acknowledged it because it was a kids a kids movie. It wasn't a film. It was it was a yeah. movie. And I really hope that they don't do the same thing with Barbie. And I think when you have a film that is so, a film or film series mm-hmm. that is so timeless, yeah, how can you not recognize yeah. that in the moment? Yeah, that this is going to be something so significant. Yeah, so significant to our culture. Like, yes. Yeah. And talking about series, and talking about Greta Gerwig. Greta Gerwig is set to direct. And write. And write the Narnia franchise. And you know she's going to write a whole monologue about girlhood and childhood and growing up and and sisterhood. And And I would say, like, I think she's going to absolutely murder and slay that brotherhood, too. Absolutely. Yeah. Like, I cannot imagine. Like, I am so excited to see how she writes those characters. And I think I'm, like, most excited for how she writes Edna. Yeah. I, I I had such a huge crush on him when I was too. little. Me <laughs> too! I'm so, so excited to see how she shapes this character. Because mm-hmm. it, it, she has shown that, like, when she writes a male character, even if she puts him as the villain, you will not hate him. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. And Edmund in, like, the first book, or the first movie, because the first book has a... In the actual Narnia series, totally different plot. <laughs> The Pevensies are not even in the first book, but... I didn't know that. Yeah, they're not. Um, (laughs) I read it. (laughs) But, uh, I'm in, like, the first... In The Witch and the Wardrobe. Uh Uh-huh, uh-huh. There we go. The Lion, the Witch, and the Wardrobe. The Lion, the Witch, and the Wardrobe. (laughs) Edmund kind of plays, like, like a secondary villain, almost, to the White Witch. Mm. Because she, like, takes him and, like, yeah, uses him, right? Yeah, absolutely. I gotta be But, like, this. you're not, like, he's, like, a little bit of, like, a second villain. Yeah. Because, like, he's telling on his brother and sister. Yeah. And, like, he's fighting with his brothers and sister. With his brother and sisters. Like, so yeah. I'm so excited to her, for her to just, like, yeah the amification of yeah. Edmund. <laughs> <laughs> Literally. I'm so, so excited. And... I have such a deep love 
or the Narnia series. Every time, I think I watch it maybe once a month. Really? I watch it a lot. I haven't watched it since I was like a kid, but I, I, Narnia was one of those movies that I always watched on my like portable DVD player in the car on my way to Connecticut yeah. for like Thanksgiving and Christmas. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's always like my sick movies. Yeah. Like, yeah. Me too. For sure. So to like, and I'm at the bright age of 20 and I still watch those movies and yeah. I just sit there and just like wonder. Yeah at the world that is created and yeah. to see her like we've see her create a world now yeah. we've seen her create barbie land we've seen yeah. her create kingdom like she has the ability yeah so i cannot wait to see her apply those talents yeah on to narnia and we know that she can respectfully reference you know like mm -hmm. barbie references so many film things like yes. old hollywood and like yes. a bunch of french films and everything and my favorite thing about Greta Gerwig is that she's deciding that she wants to make all sorts of movies. Yes. She doesn't want to stick to a genre. She doesn't want to stick to a category. And yes, she's going to take the me the core of her, mm -hmm. which is like this girlhood, like, like slice of life, like realism, realism, mumblecore experience. She's mm -hmm. going to put that in all her films. But they're going to be completely different films. Yes. And I think that's amazing because I think directors a lot of the time get into, oh, this is my style. This is my directing style. And the movies yes. become repetitive and the same. I mean, like, respectfully, let's look at, like, Christopher Nolan. His movies, as brilliant as they are, all have kind of the same, like, energy, layout, layout like, structure mm -hmm. kind of going on. And Greta Gerwig's, like, no, like, I want to go from making an indie film to a classic to a blockbuster to a series. Like, yeah. a franchise. Yes, I need her to do the whole series. Yeah. Like, yeah. like I, well, that, that, I am very curious about that because in the original franchise, we get The Lion, the Witch, and the Wardrobe, um, Prince Caspian, mm -hmm. and The Voyager Treasure. I need to check that title. Could you check that for me? For sure. Uh, but it's just uh, a trilogy. We receive a trilogy. Yeah. Um, all very good movies. All very rewatchable. I am. I do wonder if she is going to follow that or if she is going to differ and go off the books. Okay, it's... The Chronicles of Narnia, The Voyage of the Dawn Treader. Got it. The Voyager, I had it almost right. <laughs> um, I, I'm, I'm just wondering, like, if, she, if she's going to follow those basic three films, or she's choosing different books. Yeah, I don't know. She's going completely off the rail. She's going with the first book of the series that's not even about the Pevensies. Like, yeah. I just, I, like, I, I'm so eager and hungry to see, like, yeah her layout, what she does with the films. Yeah, because she's a brilliant, brilliant mind. Yeah. And she's got things to say. And she says them. Yeah. In a really beautifully written way. And I think that's our episode. I think so, too. Greta Gerwig, we love you. Please come on the podcast. <laughs> I think every episode we're going to be asking just <laughs> someone... Please come on the podcast. And today it's Greta Gerwig. And Greta Gerwig, if you ever listen to this, you are the reason I want to make movies. 
and you are truly my inspiration. You're the reason I'm double majoring in film and acting. And, and I have so much admiration and respect for you. And Greta, <laughs> please, please hold a special little role for me. It can literally be a girl in a coffee shop <laughs> that hands out coffee. It can be an extra. It, it can, can be, be a blade of grass. I, I will be whatever you want. I will transform for you, Greta. I have I I promise you I have the skill set. But we admire you so much. <laughs> Thank you for listening. Uh, and I think uh, that's, that's a wrap. wrap.